At City of Hope, its innovative treatments for cancer and groundbreaking research have saved millions of lives all over the world. This is City of Hope Radio with your host, Melanie Cole. Graft versus host disease is a complication that can occur after a stem cell or a bone marrow transplant. And with GVHD, the newly transplanted donor cells can attack the transplant recipient's body. To learn more about this today, we're talking with Dr. Jonathan Kotlier. He's Associate Clinical Professor within the Division of Dermatology at City of Hope. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kotlier. Explain a little bit about a stem cell or bone marrow transplant and what this complication called graft-versus-host disease is. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, Bone marrow transplantation is something that sort of developed or came to fruition in the 70s and ever since has been exponentially growing and is emerging as a treatment option for a lot of patients, primarily with hematologic diseases, whereby donors, either related or unrelated, are donating their stem cells to a recipient whose immune system is deficient, and by accommodating these new stem cells from a donor, it allows them to sort of reconstitute an immune system that can go on and fight cancer. Problem uh, is that for a lot of patients, despite intensive immunosuppressive medications, they still develop something called graft-versus-host disease, whereby cells that are originating from the donor recognize this new recipient as foreign, and these white blood cells that are usually used to fighting infections sort of turn on this new recipient and say, hey, we don't recognize this new body. We need to fight this off. And as a result, there are complications primarily in the skin the liver, and the gut, which we as uh, sort of components of, of graft-versus-host disease uh, treatment providers struggle with uh, from early after transplant, sometimes even years after transplant. So what are the first signs and symptoms? If someone has had a bone marrow or stem cell transplant and they've been on these immunosuppressive medications, are there something you tell them specifically, I want you to make sure to call right away if? Yes, well, the, the good thing is that early after transplant, while patients are hospitalized as their immune system sort of recovers, uh, we are, uh, for those of us who take care of stem cell transplant patients, we are uh, very accessible because we know that in terms of rates of, of graft-versus-host disease, depending on the studies you read, it can be anywhere from one-third to two-thirds of patients who do get bone marrow transplants. Early on, one of the more common manifestations is diffuse skin rash. And, and while the morphology or the characteristics of these skin lesions can be challenging for, for doctors, um, it's, it's usually up to a dermatologist who has experience in this area to, to make an assessment perform a skin biopsy if, if needed, whereby we can confirm a suspicion of graft-versus-host disease. The skin tends to be one of the chief sort of early presentations of, of acute graft-versus-host disease, and that can occur either in isolation or concurrently with uh, diarrhea, which is a manifestation of intestinal acute graft-versus-host disease, and finally some inflammation of the liver that can be picked up on uh, surveillance laboratory uh, draws is also one of the key components. So All of these features, either in isolation or in combination, makes us suspicious and allows us to make a diagnosis of graft-versus-host disease, which can occur sometimes even a week after transplantation. Can it be prevented, or are there certain people that are more at risk than others? So we know in terms of risk factors, there are a few sort of chief key risk factors for developing graft-versus-host disease, and that includes the older the patient, 
the degree of mismatch between donor and recipient, uh, the host, uh, the new, I, I should say, host um, or recipient of the stem cells, depending on the amount of blood products they've received, all of these these risk factors can confer to a given patient a higher risk of, of graft-versus-host disease. The, the sort of chief way we treat this is actually prevention, whereby patients receive prophylactic immunosuppressive medications, usually a few days prior to infusion of the stem cells in the new recipient, um, up until you know, weeks to months thereafter, to try to prevent either the occurrence of graft-versus-host disease or minimize the severity of graft-versus-host disease. If you determine that they do have GVHD, what then is the treatment? What do you do for them? Well, I think in order to answer that question, we need to make a distinction between acute and chronic graft-versus-host disease. Uh, formerly, acute graft-versus-host disease was only differentiated from the chronic form by this sort of arbitrary delineation of 100 days. We now know that the pathophysiology of GVHD is far more complex. And with the advent of what we call mini-transplantation or stem cell transplants that don't require full ablation of one's own bone marrow to allow for donor stem cells to take hold, we know that relative levels of immunosuppression can alter somebody's likelihood of developing graft-versus-host disease. So the distinction is less of one um, chronologically and more of clinical presentation. And I already alluded to the fact that acute graft-versus-host disease tends, does tend to occur earlier after transplant is characterized by inflammation in the gut and in the liver and has very nonspecific findings in the skin. And we, we contrast that with chronic graft-versus-host disease where patients may develop sclerotic skin lesions that may sort of limit their range of motion. It may lead them to profound weakness. It may lead to ulcerations of the skin. It may lead to problems with the eyes or the oral mucosa, uh, some of the deeper skin structures such as the fascia or even the, the muscle. And so those are the distinctions we make. If it's chronic and you're treating them, you know, with something that suppresses the immune system, even something like prednisone, yeah. Dr. Kotlier, you know, there are always side effects. And sure. so do, do they then have to worry about the side effects for something you're really trying to treat them for to help with what you originally did? I mean, how do you as a doctor balance all of these different things? That's a great question, and, and again, I wanted to answer your previous question as well. So systemic steroids are typically first-line therapies for both acute and chronic graft-versus-host disease. Systemic steroids are great for short periods of time, especially in high doses, because they provide a level of anti-inflammation that is unparalleled. The problem is, is they're, if they are chronically administered, they lead to things such as diabetes, osteoporosis, uh, cataracts, among others. And so the uh, sort of the push has been to try to find steroid-sparing agents, both for the treatment of acute and chronic graft-versus-host disease. The problem is, is that if you look at the literature, if somebody is either uh, dependent on systemic steroids, meaning we cannot sort of effectively taper down a given effective dose, or if they are resistant to treatment with systemic steroids, no second or no single-line second agent has been shown to be more effective than any other. And so what this leaves us with, both in, both in the acute and chronic forms, and we're trying to treat either one of those, is that a lot of it is trial and error. And that's maybe based on a given institution's sort of protocol with respect to how they like to treat graft-versus-host disease with second-line agents that may be related to a patient's underlying comorbidities 
whereby they may not be candidates for treatment with one immunosuppressive medication over another. That may be a function of a patient's ability to get to the medical center in a timely fashion or with the type of frequency that may be required for certain uh, systemic treatments that we can't otherwise give if they live uh, quite a distance away. So all of these are are major factors, and unfortunately, there is not one formula that, that fits all. So tell us what's on the horizon. We don't have a lot of time. So in just the last few minutes, what's on the horizon for graft-versus-host disease research and treatment? And you know, what advice would you have for listeners why they should come to City of Hope for their treatment and care? Well, I think any time that a patient is able to be seen by a team of, of, of multidisciplinary doctors or be seen in the context of a multidisciplinary clinic where there is cross-collaboration among different specialties, meaning I as a dermatologist can share clinical space with a transplant doctor and I may you know, have really good access to an ophthalmologist or an oral medicine person or a physical therapist. Anytime you can see all these people under one roof, like we're fortunate enough to have at City of Hope, and, and certainly this type of setup exists elsewhere, um, but this kind of a setup certainly benefits patients. Uh, specifically at City of Hope, we are offering a multidisciplinary chronic graft-versus-host disease clinic, which we do once a week. And the benefit of that is we're able to assess patients in a room together, both dermatologists and the transplant oncologists. Uh, in terms of what's on the horizon, there was a groundbreaking paper in the New England Journal of Medicine last year showing that low-dose interleukin-2, which is a chemical that our bodies make naturally, uh, but given in low doses, may provide uh, extreme benefit to patients, specifically with the most severe form of chronic graft-versus-host disease, which is the sclerotic form. Uh, In addition, there are a number of emerging biologic therapies, such as agents that target interleukin-6 and interleukin-17, that may very well play a role in not just uh, effectively treating graft-versus-host disease, but perhaps even as part of a prophylactic regimen to try to preempt the development of graft-versus-host That's very exciting, and it's a great multidisciplinary approach that you have. Dr. Kotlier, thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to City of Hope Radio, and for more information, you can go to cityofhope.org. That's cityofhope.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.